Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. None of me, but all of you. In this little time, oh God, of empowerment, encouragement, this little time, oh God, of staring your people, I cannot do it, oh God. I cannot do it. I'm short of words. I don't have the eloquence. I don't have the articulation that is needed. But Holy Spirit, you can do it, oh God. You can do it, oh God. Father, steer us up this morning. Steer our heart. Steer our heart. Give us a yearning for you. Give us itching ears, oh God, and thirsting soul in Jesus' name. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Our God is good. Our God is good. You know, standing here is a testimony on its own. If we are left for the enemy. I know the King Keep, yours was just four months ago. Mine was several years ago. And it's just by his grace that I'm still standing. I don't know if I shared it with us. I was at the toll gates back at home in Nigeria. We were passing along the toll gates, Lagos, Ibadan Expressway. And uh, I was at the back seat at the owner's corner. <laughs> I was a bank manager then with the bank uh, car. And I had a driver in the front. So, we did not see anybody at the tolling booth. So, my driver was like, oh, maybe I should move forward so I could get somebody. The moment we moved forward, because uh, the bank car was not, it wasn't even labeled. The moment we moved forward, all we hear was just shots of bullets all around us. Then it was, uh, I believe Ken, what was, the, what was the song? Anyway, there was this song that was raining then that I was still singing and praying. It was still on my lips singing that song. And all I could hear was just gunshots all over me. So I had a suitcase that had forex, foreign exchange money. And I said, you know, I, I told the driver, are you okay? I mean, we, we were all stunned. We were all shocked. And we didn't know what happened. So I thought actually that they were harm robbers. You know, so they came and they said, Oh, you're still alive? And that was me. They said they were actually targeting me because this vehicle you are carrying is a stolen vehicle. And I said, this is a bank vehicle. I'm the official of the bank. I actually thought they were robbers. So I said to them, you don't need to kill anybody. I have money. <laughs> that was what I told them. I said, I have money. And then they were now saying, no, they actually, they were looking for this car. I said, this car, this is a bank. So we showed them the documents. Guess what happened? Over 20 gunshots went through my door. They were targeting the owner's corner. But that morning, one who was still a baby was about a year plus. We were in Nigeria. One who was still a baby. We went to Lagos for a function. We were living in Ibadan then. So one who was crying that she didn't want to come back with me, she stayed with her cousin. So that was why I couldn't really sit at the owner's corner. I was sitting on the other side of the owner's corner. So... They had targeted the owner's corner. 
about 20 shotguns came through the door. But instead of it coming even to my side, it just went straight to the front and it went out. Some of the shots actually hit the driver. The driver was in the hospital for over six months. But why am I saying this? The goodness of God. And then they said, Madam, who are you? That, I mean, they didn't even know that 20 gunshots can go through this car. Instead of, it has never been recorded. And none, none of it touched you. So it was the goodness of God. It was the faithfulness of God. And our God is faithful. So now, fast forward, maybe how many years now? 27, 28, 30 years after, is clearer why God kept me. It is clearer. It is clearer. It is clearer because lives are being saved. Hope, hearts are being mended. Hope is being released. It is clearer. So this morning, it's going to be a short message because I feel a longing in my spirit that we should pray. We are going to be talking about in pursuit of God. And you're all familiar with the pursuit of God. But we actually walk in the pursuit of God. And the title of the message is Staying Hungry. Do you have my slides? Stay, staying Hungry for His Presence. And I was thinking because especially in the course of everything that has been going on this year personally for me, it's very easy to lose focus of the purpose of God. With the hustle and bustle and things happening around, it is natural to lose focus of God. And I begin to ask, God, help me. I want to stay in that presence. Because we all know the scripture that says that in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And I want to be the courier of your glory. I want to experience that joy, but at times, it's a struggle. And so God gave me this word as he began to prepare me. And he says, says to my people, especially at this time, a lot of us are probably focused on shopping, focused on, you know, the hustle and bustle of the holiday party here. Even if you are not involved, in my office alone, we have over three different parties. You know, yesterday we had touch link party. I <laughs> you know, it was just, there's just so many things going on. And there's nothing wrong in doing all that, but you still need to maintain your focus. You still need to maintain your focus, Christian, because we are Christians, we are sojourners. We cannot lose focus. Amen. So, this psalm came to my mind, this psalm that was beautifully read to us by Brother John, Psalm 63. And I begin, you know, a lot of times, you know, I talk to God, we have conversation, I say, how did, how did they do it? Because David was not writing that psalm in the middle of comfort. No. The psalm was, and so many other psalms that he wrote beautifully, they were all composed when he was going through. They were all composed. Some of it, it was probably in the dungeon. It was probably in the valley. You know, most of it, it was hiding from Saul or hiding from his enemies. So, and, and I'm like, Father Lord, I just, and that's, that's, that's exactly why God says, David is a man after my heart. I said, Father, give me a heart that pants like this. Give me a heart that pants like this. That it does not matter what goes on around me. Give me a settled mind. That my mind is just settled on you. Amen. And so, I bring us to Psalm 42. And it says, as the deer pant for streams of water. 
So my soul pants for you, oh my God. My soul starts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet him? And I'm like, wow, this is what I want. I love this, Father. I love this. I love this. I want to, how can I maintain it? How can I continue? Because people of God, without the presence of God, we are done. Without the presence of God, we are finished. If you are not hungry for God, I wonder what you are hungry for. And I'm not talking about Mickey D. I'm not talking about Jollof rice. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the presence of God, your spiritual food. But a lot of times, we hunger after all those things that the world hunger after. We task for those things that is not eternal. So, this is just a challenge for us. So begin to do an examination. What am I hungry for? What is the hunger of my heart? I know some of us, we are waiting. You know, there is expectation, right? We are waiting on this and we are waiting on that. And there are disappointments, things that we did not. When we say Happy New Year 2019, there is a lot of plans and goals that we have. Some of us are actually disappointed because some of it were not met. And so we are distracted. So there is a distraction in our mind. Some of us, others, you have your expectations met. In fact, you got your house. You got your new car. Peradventure, you got your baby. Or you got your spouse. Or you were engaged. Right? Woo! Praise God. There's nothing wrong with that. We still need to do life, right? But are we still focusing while doing life? on what matters to the heart of God. This is the will of God. This is the will of God. So if you are not hungry for God, what are you hungry for? If you are not panting for God, what are you panting for? If you are not yearning for God, what are you yearning for? Because all those things, they are temporal. And they fade away. And so, one of the things I... Begin again. I said, This is my conversation with God. The excerpts from my conversation, just summary was I want to live from your presence. I want to live from your presence. <laughs> and I had several testimony personally that God has given me, like my position and my job that I got three years ago, even though I'm ready for another one, was not there. That position was not there before I joined the company, it was created for me. In fact, let me, let me remind us, I know I shared it with some people. I was supposed, because the whole manager, I was on the management level, the whole management team were changed. They were all fired. And I was the last person, last name on the list. So I was supposed, they were supposed to get rid of me. I didn't even know this. It was my boss, my former boss that was laid off, that later called me because I was giving him, giving him a reference. And he told me, you know, I told them that they would be making the greatest mistake of their life if they get rid of you. And I didn't know this. So the new management that came in, the CEO that came in, who is now my mentor. No, you don't know the story. This guy came in, he hated me. <laughs> he could not stand me. In fact, he called me in. After he finished speaking to me, I was crying. 
And I looked at him and I said, Anthony, nobody, I've been in management for over 20 years, nobody has made me to cry like this. Nobody. And I said, you will ne never again will you make me to cry. But as God will have it, the tide turned around. No, you didn't hear that. <laughs> there was a turn around. Do you know what the turn around was? The same people that wanted to get rid of me. What actually happened was, we were having, uh, we were having, I was having a meeting with the external auditors. So people from the, our higher corporate office, my office has several offices, branches all over, came and said they were looking for me. So in front, you know when God says he will set a table before you in the presence of your enemy. In front of Anthony and some of the executives, they were saying, where is the one day? Where is the one day? They just, and these were like people like two higher steps above him. They were like, he was like, oh, you're looking, it's, yes, because we just want to come and congratulate her and thank her for the good job that she did. Right in front of them, they were like. <laughs> so ever since, I be, we could be, became friends. Of course, it didn't come just like that. Because I was firing. I was interceding and I was blessing them. I was praying for them. I didn't cause them. I was praying for them. And there was a total turnaround. So, living from the presence of God, living from his presence, should be our longing as Christians. It's very important. Because the presence of God is one of the deep intimacy with our Father. When we lack that presence, we are done. When we lack that intimacy, you know, a man and a woman after marriage, right? What happened? There's consummation. And after consummation, what happened? There will be evidence most of the time, right? Most of the time. That's the plan of God. He said multiply, right? Take dominion. Subdue the health and there will be multiplication. But same thing should happen to us when we are in the presence of God. There should be evidence, manifest tangible evidence of us being in his presence. So the question for us, we need to begin to ask ourselves, how come, what is going on that I do not, right? I don't see this manifestation. Why? What is going on? And you know, the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I am not a man that I should lie, neither am I the son of man that I should repent. So nothing is wrong with God. It's forever settled. Amen. So something is wrong with me. I need to check myself. Am I really living in the presence of God. And I'm not talking about us just coming to church on Sunday. I'm talking about 24-7, what happens. And I'm not just talking about, you can do, I mean, I love prayer. You can do five hours, ten hours prayer. After the ten hours prayer, what is the evidence? Can you show me something tangible out of that? If nothing is coming out, then we need to, we need to have conversation with God. So the presence of God is that place of knowing him and being being fully known by him. You know, God knows you. He says he knows you cannot hide from him. He knows your inside from the outside, right? He knows everything. You can't hide from him. But do you know him? If yes, how much of him do you know? How far do you want to go with him? Do you trust him? And God will help us. So dwelling in the presence of God is that place of righteousness. Righteousness simply is a right standing with God. Quickly, I'm going to jump to 
Why it says, do we, why? Why do we need to hunger for God? And I think I've mentioned a little bit of why. Because God is always present. He's always present, right? Ever-present help in time of need. God is always with us. The manifest presence of God. He says, I am with you always, even to the uttermost end of the world. But we can get caught up, especially in the hustle and bustle and day-to-day living and not be aware of his amazing presence. Many times he wants to talk to us. In fact, he's longing for conversation, but we are not there. We are not connecting. Where is your notepad? Are you journaling? Amen? So, staying hungry for his presence is not natural. I just need to let us know. It's not natural, but guess what? We are not even natural. The moment we gave our life to Christ, we become supernatural beings. Why are we still living on the natural? You want the manifestation of the supernatural, right? You want the outpouring, but we are still living in the natural. And that's where the issue is. So that is what happens when we hunger and pant for God. When we hunger for his presence through worship. You know, and I'm going to mention some of the things that we can do. We, we, when we maintain that presence, there's no, the supernatural is not a struggle. The supernatural becomes so easy for us. Amen? So I said developing supernatural lifestyle requires both intentionality and audacity. And I mean, like, like saying you're really conscious of his presence. I say to some people, I don't know why some people are just following me. And I'm not saying people. They are angels all around me. Sometimes at home, I'm like, who is there? Yeah, I can hear some. Come on. Except I go to the kids' bedroom. They are sleeping. Then I'm like, okay, all right, I'm ready. Let's download. <laughs> Amen. And I'm not there too. I'm not there. I'm still struggling. But this is my conversation with God. We can make it, and we will make it by his grace in Jesus' name. So what does it mean to actually hunger for God's presence? I'm going to quickly, let's look at that psalm that we read this morning, Psalm 63. And I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. It says, O God of my life, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. When I saw that, I'm like, love sick. I know two people dating and I love sick, but you are God. Can you really say that? That you are love sick. And that's what David is saying, that he's love sick. He's love sick for God. No matter, no matter God says, this is a man after my heart. He said, I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more. With cravings in my heart that can't be described with cravings in my heart that can't be described. You know, many times we look for alternatives and we look for options. I have no alternatives. I have no option. If I'm looking for something and it's not done, I'm asking God, what's the next project for me? Connect me to your will. How far do you want me to go? And a lot of times I tell people, you will serve. I serve in pain. And I mean that. 
our service, we don't serve when things are comfortable. You don't say, oh, I need to, you know, I'm still on you know, honeymoon, let me finish. Oh, no, I'm, I still had a baby or uh, we are still, I, I'm, I'm newly married or, you know, you don't give excuses. Oh, you know, the children, they are busy, they have games, even on Sunday, and it does happen. I cancel most of the kids' games, and I see the evidences of God's goodness. Not that I deny my kids, they can't, I, <laughs> I went out of my county to pay for other sports during the week. We must not give excuses for serving God. And, you know, especially things get better. And people that know me, I share this with you. It gets easier when you are in pain, when you are hurting and you are serving God. Things get easier. And you know how you are able to even provide that service? Because of the presence of God. Because of the hunger. Because of your one and one with God. And God will do it in Jesus' name. So verse 2 says... I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary. So seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory. I'm energized. And you see, when he's talking about sanctuary, I just want to point that out to us. You know, the Bible says we are in sanctuary. It said, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God is inside of you? So we should be energized every time we enter that place of communion. That place of, you know, intimacy with God. To seek more of his power and to drink more of his glory. For his tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. So, this was exactly the relationship between God and David. And because of David's yearning for God, he experienced these spiritual blessings that satisfy his desires satisfies his longing, satisfies his panting for God. Because God sees that. You know, we can't hide, we can lie to the whole world, but God knows us and he knows our heart. And this guy just continues to overflow with God. Before I go to steps that will lead us to hunger for his presence, I want to mention three people in the Bible that struck me, that really, they've been a blessing to me. One of them is Moses. And you see, all these people, they are, not, they, are nobody, they are not perfect. They are not people without fault. They have their fault. They have their issues. But guess what? Because they walk with God, there was tangible transformation day by day, moment by moment. It didn't happen. It's not automatic. But as they walk with God, things, be, things start changing for them. So let's open our Bible so, Exodus 34, amen. Exodus is in the Old Testament. After Genesis, amen. Praise God. Exodus 33. And this is Moses and God's conversation. Um, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. For your goodness has never failed me. Amen. So Exodus 33 from verse 13. I will read from here. It says, Now, therefore, I pray you, show me now your way, Lord. Oh, let me read from here so you can all follow me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you 
and continue to find favor with you. Who is doing the teaching? Oprah? Who is doing the teaching? But what did Moses, what did he do? He went to God, right? And he said, he acknowledged his weaknesses. In fact, if you look at several chapters prior to that, when God called him, he said, I don't know how to talk. He said, I'm a stammerer, I stutters. But at this stage, <laughs> God called, he said, look, if you are pleased with me, if you really want me to succeed in this mission, teach me your way so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. And another man that did that again was Solomon, when God called Solomon. Do you remember the story? And what did Solomon say? He said, give me wisdom. I can't, I can't deal with all these people that you have sent my way. Because we are sojourners, there's an assignment. You don't need to be on the pulpit, but you, need, you, can, be, you can be on the street. Your pulpit can be on the street. My pulpit is on the street. 24-7, I serve people on the street. Because you must, every one of us, there is a ministry, there is an assignment for us. We need to key into the assignment, amen? Even as we download, when we download, we enjoy this and we pray for myself, my children, my husband, right? And that's it. No, you will, you will stop hearing and I'm not cursing. That's the truth. With all everything that you do, everything that God gives you is just for you to be successful in your academics or in your career, for you to, and your husband to bless us so that we can go on a cruise and come back and that's it. No. So again, this is a challenge. So he said, remember that this, these are your people. Next verse. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And God did. He gave him rest. His presence went with him. His presence went with him. God is saying, God is going to give us rest. I know your heart. I know that you love me. This is not for everybody. This is for some certain people here. I know your heart. I know how you seek me. I know that things have not been working well with you. I feel your pain. I feel your pain. And God is saying, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Another person in the Bible that struck me is Paul, Apostle Paul. You can never get enough of him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, he said, I have resolved to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And he went in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, I believe. No, verse 10, I believe. And he went to say, I want to know you. That's all that he wants. That's all that he wants. And all these things, he was demand, he, was, he, lay, he laid hold on the demand for God. That was much more important 
than any other thing. And he experienced that. He experienced that. At the end, he said, I have finished the course. I have run the race. I have fought the fight, right? He did. He finished well. And the third person, now we go to the steps last, but the third person that also struck me is this widow. And I can connect with her, right, Sister Angela? My mother in the Lord. We can connect with her, with Anna in the Bible, because she's a widow. Luke 2, 37. We can, let's read it from 36, Luke 2, 36. This woman, I'm like, how did she do it? She, was, she lived in the, in the household of God for several years. The Bible said that she was a virgin when she met her husband and she only enjoyed the marriage for seven years. And the rest of her life, she spent it in the household of God. So there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asia. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, 37. And then was a widow until she was 84 years old. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. These are the people, these are my heroes. So I'm like, Anna, how did you do it? <laughs> how did you go over the loneliness? How did you go over the weariness? How did you go over the challenges? This week at my job, it was mountain close for me, which people that know me, it's always a very challenging month for me. It was mountain close. From Tuesday, Michael has not been able to go to school because he was sick. He had the flu. On Friday, I, I'm telling you my life is real, right? I'm bringing you into my closet. So on Friday, I had to take him to an urgent care because the doctor will not see him because almost everybody had the flu. So, But the urgent care gave him medication and everything. And so yesterday, I had the party for the nonprofit that I have that support the victims of domestic violence. And uh, my daughter is in Uganda. She's not home. Amen. Praise God. Woo. She's a missionary. And my other daughter, she's in college. So it's only Matthew, Micah, and I. And Matthew was not even home. Matthew was here in the church. He was rehearsing for Christmas. So it was just Micah and I. And I need, and I had promised the people that there's going to be a party. Heck, there's no way I can cancel the party. I checked his temperature. His temperature was like 101. <laughs> I gave him medicine. So I said, I settled it. I resolved it. I said, angels, Micah is not going to be by himself. I release you. I'm not saying you should go and do this by yourself at home. I know whom I have believed. So I said, angels, you are going to watch over Micah. You are going to stay with him. Because I wanted to actually bring him and check him because we were doing it at the hotel. Check him into a, a room, but Michael refused. He didn't want to come out of his bedroom. So I gave him medication, and I said, okay, Angel. Michael is 15, so he can be by himself for two, two hours, but no more than two hours. So as the party was going on, everyone and Yaba was, I was shortly, luckily the place is not far from my house, I was shortly between the party floor and my house. Eventually, you know, my friends came and they went to stay with him. But why am I saying this? Like I said, we serve in spite of. 
we serve in spite of our pain. Because guess what? Our focus is on him. Can we look at Colossians chapter 3? Let's read 1 and 2. I don't know if, I, if this message has blessed somebody, but my, what I'm trying to say to us, church, you know, you are my brothers and sisters, and I love you. We need to maintain, we need to stay in that hungry mode. And it needs to continue. That is where the blessing is. It says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. It is not easy. It is not for the natural man. This is a total failure. What do you mean? I have bills to pay, right? What do you mean? Set my things up. Can I tell you about our brother Lawrence? How many people know brother Lawrence's practice of his presence? This man was only, he, he, he was working at the hospital, he was washing plates. That's his job. His job was to wash plates at the hospital. And he was conversing with the angels. While at his job, he was, you know, having communion with God. And uh, they know him and respected him at the hospital because miracles were happening day and night. Because even though he was, you know, he had a job, he wasn't like just, of course, you know, being in a solitary place by himself, that's good, but he was having communion with God. So I challenge you, let that be your habit. Let that be our habits, that we need to take God everywhere we go. You know, it's not just, you know, lock, it's good to lock ourselves up, have some time of consecration, but more importantly, because we have to still do life, right? In between that, we still need to serve God. We still need to hear from God, download. Because if you don't download, you can't effectively serve. Amen. So let's look at steps that will lead us to hunger for his presence as we close. One of the first things I put here is fasting. You know, I said to people, God doesn't need our fasting. But we need to fast so we can sensitize ourselves to what God is doing. We need to fast. And thank God, fasting is coming. And when you look, most of the time, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. We are all on fire for God. We are like, yes, God, give me this mountain. I'm able to climb it. Our passion for God, our relationship with God is so strong. But after a while, <laughs> things just go because we get back, we get down to the natural. Amen. So fasting helps stimulate us. It helps establish us. Fasting helps to energize us and to put us in that place. It helps to sense an increase in discernment and it also reduces the noise level, you know, in our mind. You know, there are two battles we fight, right? The internal battle, battles of our mind, spirit and so things that we need to disallow, things that we need to stop at its track, battles of our mind. That is even much more turbulence. A lot of times, we only fight the external battles. The enemy, the, or the people that we call enemy, you know, we fight those ones. But what about the one in our mind? You know, that's why if we don't fight it, most of us can easily go out of line. We are distracted. And again, depression sets in. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Then another thing that we need to do, Christians, agape, another thing that we need to do in order to lead to that place of hunger for God's presence is to pursue revival. 
You know, revival can be pursued. You can create that revival by yourself. You don't need to wait when your oh, church is having it. What is that revival? It is, you know, that, that sense of his presence, that communion, that, you know, you, you just begin to see a whole lot of things happening. You connect to the spiritual. You're, you're seeing, you know, what is happening in the spiritual. You are connecting with God. And that can happen. How can we pursue revival? How can we pursue revival? By repenting of our sins, the Bible says we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says, shall we continue in sin and expect the grace of God to abound? May God forbid. We need to repent. Amen. Be a worshiper of God. Be a worshiper of God. <laughs> a lot of people say to me, you're always humming, going, that's at work. I'm like, well, I'm just in my head, you know. It's good. We need to be a worshiper of God. We need to, even though I'm not so good at singing, but I'm worshiping my God. When you worship God, what you are doing is you are inviting his presence. In worship, you are sensitive to what is happening in the supernatural. You can ask, begin to download and get all the information that is needed for the next level. Amen. Amen. Because we have really short time. And our expectation is also very important. You know, pastor always says that we should inspect what we expect. We need to expect to encounter God. Through his spirit's in a way that we can powerfully sense God. And whenever God decides that it's right time and place to show up in our lives, we are, a lot of times, God wants to say some things to us or give us some direction, but because we are not well-placed, we are not well-placed, we are not connected, we are there's a disconnect taking place. And because of that, we can't download you know, it's like, uh, Kenan Bridges put it this way, it's like buying a brand new blender. Brand beautiful, very expensive. And you are just, you, all you did with that blender is a decoration. All you did with the blender was just a decoration. You did not plug that blender in. So how do you know? How, how, will, how will you know that that blender is effective unless it is connected? The Bible says, draw near to God. Right? They are drawn near to me and I will draw near to you. God says we should seek. He said those that seek me, they find me. So I just want to again tell us that the way that we can experience that hunger for his presence is when we draw to God with confidence. We should not be flippant or careless about approaching him. You know, some of us, we don't even when we come to his presence, there's no sense of un awesome, you know, honest, sense of, you know, reverence is lacking. We need to give him that honor and God will talk to us in Jesus' name. And again, we need to let go of whatever is distracting us from giving God our full attention. And God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You know, another thing I want to tell us is 
Look for one thing, not several things, just one thing. What is your one thing? Apostle Paul, like I told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, said, I have resolved, I have resolved to know Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's, that was his resolution. David said, I believe Psalm 27, right? Verse 4. Let's look at Psalm 27, verse 4. It says, one thing I desire of the Lord. It says, one thing I ask of the Lord. That is what I seek. Let's say it together. One thing. That is what in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Amen. To seek him in his temple. One thing. One thing. And God will help us in Jesus' name. Another thing that we need is fellowship. And I told us about that woman, that widow. That widow, Anna, had fellowship with God. It wasn't, it wasn't service. You know, service, our service to God is excellent. Our service to God is only acceptable when we have that hunger, when we have that fellowship with his presence. When we lack communion with his presence, our service to God becomes mundane. It becomes, you know, routine. There is no life. There is no life in the service for God. And God helps us in Jesus' name. I know that it's not easy, but we are serving a good God. Amen? We have a good God. We are serving a great God, and he loves us so much. You know, Bill, this is what Bill Johnson said. He's also one of the people that I follow. And I read... He says, never stop looking for his new thing, for that one thing. The moment we think we have arrived, we will fail. The moment we lose that hunger to travel to find him, the willingness to wait in line to hear him, a humility to encounter him in a package that offends us. We are in danger of missing his next move. Wise men still travels. Wise men still travel. So it says, never stop looking for that new thing. So we are talking about longing for his presence. We are talking about not just longing for his presence for today, but staying in that hunger. Amen. Let's rise up. Staying in that hunger. So during the party yesterday, you know, Toby, and I want to thank Toby and Sister Nanike, God bless you. They, were, they helped to chaperone the party, they managed that party. Toby just came outside and he said to me, um, I see a lady, I see a lady inside with a low cut. Does she, have a, do, does she have a job? Is she working? I said, no. He said, I said, what happened? He said, I think she has an interview coming up. I said, I don't know. So he now went to ask the lady that, Are you, do you have a job? She said, no. He said, do you have an interview coming up? And the lady said, yes, I have an interview coming on Monday. How did you know? I did not tell a soul. This was in the middle. I mean, we got a professional DJ. We were all, if you go on the, if you see me dancing. <laughs> and this guy was downloading. God is still searching. 
The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, it said, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. God is still searching for those that we hunger and thirst for him. Moment by moment, per second, per second, not just for a time, not just when you need something. And God is waiting on you, and I know we can do it, Agape. I want to pray for somebody here that do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Well, everything I've said today will be a struggle if you don't have a relationship. So if somebody is here today and you long to pant for God like David did, you long to fellowship with God like Anna did, you long to resolve within you that all I want is Jesus and nothing else and him crucified. But you are saying it, how is this possible? Jesus is here right now. Jesus is here right now. If that person is there, I want you to just stay where you are and just, you can wave your hand. You can just wave your hand. Every eyes closed, you can wave your hand. If you are here and you say, I need this presence you are talking about. I want to hunger for this Jesus. You can just wave your hand. Anybody? Anybody? Anybody, the time for salvation is now. Tomorrow might be too late. Tomorrow might be too late. And for the rest of us, I want us to go to God in prayer and begin to say to God, grace me, because the best prayer you can pray for yourself is for God to give you a hunger for his presence. Just say, Father, give me a, this hunger that I have had. Give me this hunger for your presence. Help me to maintain. Some of us, we, this hunger is seasonal. It's seasonal. It's seasonal. It's seasonal. But God is looking for those that we worship him in spirit and in truth and tarry there. Tangible worship. That's what he's looking for. God is looking for somebody that will say, I am not going to be satisfied until I have received the fullness of God. I am not satisfied. I am not satisfied. So to every heart that is crying to